Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Monday, March 8th. Today on the show, I will apologize to one Nashville fan base. The Preds stopped the bleeding momentarily. Some good news for Titans fans, some bad news for Belmont Bruins fans, but we begin with a clutch performance by the Tennessee Volunteers. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. Building a new home or new addition to your home is a huge decision. It's super complicated and it's a big ticket item. The Kingston Group knows this and wants to make the process as painless as possible by working through every single minute detail on the front end. You want to be proud of your home. You want to be happy in your home. And oh, by the way, you want to make money off of your home. Custom remodels or additions do all of this. And the Kingston Group, with their in-house design team, is the best way to get it done. Their work is exceptional. Check it out at buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The Tennessee Vols finished the season in style with one of their most critical performances of the season. UT came from 14 points down in the first half to beat the Florida Gators 65-54 by holding Florida to just 21 points in the second half. Victor Bailey and Keon Johnson scored 14 points, and so too did John Fulkerson in one of his better performances of the past few weeks. The reason the win was so important is that it allows Rick Barnes' team to jump the Gators in the final standings and into fourth place which of course gives the Vols a double bye in the SEC tournament. It was one hell of a gut check performance by the Vols in a huge situation, and Big Orange fans can only hope that it kickstarts a string of consistent showings from the Volunteers this March. The conference tournament gets started this Wednesday at Bridgestone Arena. Auburn is not competing due to the self-imposed sanctions, so it will be a 13-team tournament. Alabama, the regular season champ, is the one seed, as the Arkansas Razorbacks finished in second place and will be the two seed, while LSU finished third and will be the three seed. The first game of the tournament will feature Vanderbilt, who lost in their season finale to Ole Miss on Saturday, against Texas A&M in the 12-13 matchup on Wednesday. Everyone else will get started on Thursday. Matchups include Kentucky-Mississippi State in the 8-9 game, Missouri-Georgia in the 7-10 game, and Ole Miss-South Carolina in the 6-11 matchup. The Preds stopped the bleeding momentarily on Sunday night with a 4-3 shootout win over Dallas on the road. It ended a three-game losing streak and was the first game of a nasty eight-game road trip. The win was sort of the entire season inverted as Nashville got out to a 2-0 lead and outplayed the Stars for the first two periods. Dallas then came storming back in the third, almost won the game in the shootout, if not for a ridiculous save by Pecorine, who is still having to play basically every minute with UC Soros on the shelf. Unfortunately, the win came on the heels of a 6-2 blowout loss on Saturday at Bridgestone against Florida and yet another big-time injury. It was announced prior to the game on Saturday that Matt Duchesne is going to be out three to five weeks with a lower body injury on top of the injuries to Ryan Ellis, Luke Cunnan, and Saros. With injuries piling up, the playoffs slipping further out of sight, and six straight road games against Carolina, Tampa, and Florida coming up, the division's top three teams, who the Preds are combined 1-9 and nine against this year, an interesting thought did cross my mind on Saturday. How many Nashville Predators might be playing in their final game at Bridgestone Arena? Bear with me here. Nashville doesn't return home until March 23rd, and trade rumors are swirling. Philip Forsberg had two assists on Sunday night and now has 26 points in 25 games. His stock has never been higher. He, as well as literally half a dozen other players, could be prime targets to be shipped out of town before the April 12th trade deadline. That gets closer with every passing day. 
there's a chance that this roster could look different before they even get back home from the road trip, and therefore, Saturday would have been potentially a player's final game at the Stone. Are one of the big names, Forsberg, Ekholm, Arvidsson, going to be moved before the end of the road trip? Probably not, but it's possible. And if that were to happen, it sure would make for a really inauspicious and unfortunate end to someone's time in Smashville. Just the thought, folks. Next up, the Predators are at Carolina on Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Some rumors started swirling late Friday night, and I think it was a good sign for Titans fans. Word on the street is that the Titans are going to franchise tag tight end Johnu Smith if a deal cannot be reached. Number one, it means that they are working on a deal and want to bring him back. That's great news and has been obvious to anyone who knows anything about football for quite some time. Number two, it's the most efficient use of the franchise tag with any of their current free agents. You could easily make the case that Johnu Smith is the best free agent tight end in the NFL this offseason, and he's a critical piece of the Titans' offense. Not only is he an excellent pass catcher, a phenomenal red zone target, but also is one of the best yak guys on the team, can be used in all sorts of gadget plays, and is the best inline blocking tight end on the roster. Needless to say, he is a critical piece of the offense, and he's really only getting better. Lastly, of all the free agents the tight ends might want to bring back, tight end is by far the cheapest within the framework of the franchise tag. Cornerback, wide receiver, linebacker, defensive tackle are all in the 13, 14, 15, 16 million dollar range, while tight end ranges from eight and a half to ten million dollars depending on which tag they decide to use. Again, if they cannot get a deal done. John Robinson is great at not overthinking things and usually does the obviously smart thing. Tagging Smith was always the most obvious thing. Ideally, it doesn't come to that and they can get a deal done with their dynamic tight end. But for now, it is the best plan and very good news for the Titans offense. In much worse news in Nashville, Belmont fell 86-71 to Moorhead State in the OVC Championship game on Saturday night as the Eagles were basically the better team the entire evening. It's the Bruins' third loss in five games, two of which have come against Moorhead. And it means that Belmont is not going to make the NCAA tournament. Is this team good enough to earn that large bid or win a game in the tournament or even be a 9, 10, or 11 seed? That type of team? Yes, they probably are, straight up. But their resume simply won't allow it. All of their quality non-conference games were canceled due to COVID back in November and December, and there really isn't a metric that backs up the Bruins making the tournament, which frankly is just unfortunate because this was one of the better teams Belmont has ever had. But the system is the system, and especially this season, when the pandemic twisted up the schedules early on, the Bruins knew that they had to win the conference tournament to get in and they came up just short against Moorhead on Saturday night. It has come to my attention that maybe Vanderbilt fans feel a little bit undervalued on this particular podcast, and if that is true, that is entirely my fault, and I apologize. This is my open apology to you, Vanderbilt fans, and of course, I want to give Nashville sports fans the best possible coverage we can on this podcast. So, I read all of the reviews, I read all the tweets, I see all that good stuff, and I promise that I will do a better job of giving you more routine coverage. Also, I'd like to point out that Chris Lee and the Vandy Sports Podcast is the single best Vanderbilt athletic podcast anywhere in the world, and it is on the 440 Sports Network. I don't want to steal any of his thunder, so if you want more in-depth coverage of the Vanderbilt world, baseball, basketball, or football, please check out the Vandy Sports Pod. It is your best bet for good Vanderbilt coverage. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. All of their work is absolutely ridiculous. Kitchens, bathrooms, suites, outdoor living spaces, custom garages, it's all amazing. My wife and I find ourselves just scrolling through their outdoor spaces every day. 
We don't even need to watch renovation TV shows anymore. We just go scroll through their work, and that gives us our fix. Check them out. BuildKG.com is the website. That's where you'll find all the really good stuff that they do. You can also check them out on Facebook as well, at BuildKG. Their work speaks for itself. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler. Music.